to Tennis with myself, Gigi Samner, alongside Naomi Cavaday. You are listening to our off-air conversations on air. Naomi, trying to keep tennis at the core. Yes, pretty much. Although we should have started recording about 10 minutes ago because our morning chat catch-up chat on the past 24 hours <laughs> was quite entertaining. We didn't have a lot of... Ten- <laughs> and when we decided my role, you're the expert, being a former player, I'm, I'm the ish. And the conversation we've just had with Nick McCarvel, who's working here for Love Nick. Wimbledon, was, was a lot of ish and not an awful lot of tennis. Yeah, it was more kind of having a chat within the vicinity of a tennis tournament. So it wasn't really thing, about yeah, tennis. The Connect Us Tennis is, we're sat on a bench on the broadcast roof at Wimbledon. It's, oh, it's overcast. It's a little bit cloudy yeah it's wednesday the jumper is back the <laughs> i was going to give you a bit of breathing space in the jumper but yeah, the, the christmas jumper and speaking to Nick, the christmas like jumper it. it's a dog with a hat on it the hat is made out of sequins and a bow tie and it's got a very christmasy feel to it it's, July. it's no, I, I don't think very christmasy is fair it has a it has a hint it has an undertone of christmasy can we go more than a hint no, I think it's a hint. He's wearing a blue party hat. Can we stay on the subject of dogs? <laughs> the mascot for tennis. Oh, Svenny. My Sven little Sven. is Naomi's dog who underwent something necessary but traumatic. Would that, would that be right? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, he had the snip yesterday. <laughs> and um, in hindsight, awful to do it in the middle of Wimbledon. Why? Not, I don't think he'll realise. No, oh, I mean, as in I'm busy. <laughs> I'm really I'm busy. Sorry, I thought we were thinking poor about Sven. Poor boy. <laughs> well, no, I am thinking about Sven. But poor boy. I, I thought, you know, nine out of ten of them are absolutely fine. And, you know, my other half was with him all day. And, and it just turned out that he's reacted quite badly. And he's feeling sorry for himself. And it's just desperately sad. And I've had to come to work today. Well, the funniest thing was when you sat down and you said, we're at the vet. And the vet told Sven <laughs> did, did he tell Sven or did he, did he, tell, did he tell you I chat, I chat, I chat to Sven Sven's, Sven's our, our number one fan he's our listener he's our one listener before we've that got started just one listener um, but yeah no, so yeah I was just very sad leaving today but have no fear there are people looking after him my mum is there Tony, our friend and dog walker, has has just messaged me to say that he took him around the block and it's okay. He's fine, he's fine, but I just, you know, should have just waited till next week when I'm off. That would have just made a lot more sense than I was having a conversation with my other half last night, just thinking, why on earth did we do this? Uh, just such awful, awful planning. But he's fine, he's totally looked after, it's not a problem, but it's just I would rather be the one looking after him. You'd rather be there with Sven. Sven is, is the podcast mascot, so we need to be... Sven, we need Sven to be in fighting. Could form. we squeeze him into our logo? Could we? Could we squeeze him? I don't know if it'd quite. I just <laughs> fit with the tennis court. I just think what it would do is confuse people. But the fact that we've spoken <laughs> more about dogs than tennis, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's 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 a new logo. That I mean, as we look around us, all we can see is tennis. I can see number one court to my left, centre court to my right. All the TV crews are setting up. There's this wonderful balcony. They've decked it out in flowers now. Where. Everyone who have rights to be here, maybe it's just for a few minutes a day, maybe it's for updates, maybe to do their shows. They're all setting up their cameras because this is a big day. This is oh, it's men's quarterfinals day and you've got the two best players in the men's game taking to the court and weirdly and interestingly, one of them is going to be on number one court. Yes, Roger Federer. It is interesting because you know, he kind of owns centre court pretty much. But I think it's right. I think it's it's the right decision. I think that the matches that have the more 
about them are, are both on centre court. But that's not necessarily to say that you should have the best and most competitive matches on centre court. You know, I heard something quite funny. It was it was on the radio and it was an interview with Kevin Anderson speaking yeah. after his round of 16 wins, who's booked his place in the quarterfinals. And in the little clip that they played, he said, I'm... I'm so happy, obviously, I'm, I'm through to the quarterfinals playing Roger Federer and it's everybody's dream to be playing on centre court. Oh, no. <laughs> because, because, you would, <laughs> because, you would, because you would expect if you're facing Roger Federer at Wimbledon at the latter stage of a competition, you're probably going to be on centre court. And if Novak Djokovic hadn't got this role, maybe they would have both been on centre court. So poor Kevin Anderson say, it's an absolute dream to play on centre court. Kevin, you've got another shot, number one court. Oh, that's a, has he played on centre court before? He must have. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm not I sure if know. he has actually. I'm not sure, uh, but but Djokovic did his time. Or he did he he did number two court earlier in the first week. And, and Djokovic and Nishikori has. I know it's a very lopsided head ten in favour of Djokovic, but it's got the potential if if it's a fully fit Nishikori and nothing's hurting or doesn't think anything's hurting. That could be that could be fantastic. I, I'm not sure it, it will be, but it's got the potential to be. I think it. I think it could be quite good. Yeah, I think it could be good. Nishikori just like you know, he's still. I I, fe- I just thought he was going to be refreshed when he came back. He had quite a long time out, and I thought he was going to look refreshed. And while well, his game looks quite refreshed, and he's playing really, really well, just you know, um, and he says all the right things that he's happy to be here and to be playing well and back and he missed it when he was away and all that sort of stuff but he needs to kind of tell his face that when he's Never playing looks happy. because he Never just looks, looks so miserable on the court he does the best hang dog I'm thinking and only a, a former player could have any other idea about this I'm not sure I'm speaking to the right former player <laughs> but <laughs> with, with Kei Nishikuri the thing that astounds me about Nishikuri the thing I cannot comprehend maybe you can on a, on a smaller scale, is the pressure and the weight oh. of expectation. He has a continent. Now, Jung Chung is starting to come through and it might take a little yes. bit of the pressure off, but Nishikori has a no, continent Saka. on his shoulders, but it's still Nishikori. He's been there for years. They're starting to come through, and as you say, Osaka, and it just he says he can't live in Tokyo because when he does, he has to go out with a wig, sunglasses. Oh, he can't do anything. He can't, he, he's, he can't he's, he's like a beetle. As in a beetle from the Beatles. I think it's. I think it's. He's like all the Beatles together. Oh uh, no! As in, honestly, I was watching him. He they, he was on court fourteen, which is, it's probably the largest of the outside courts with not being a show court so they put a lot of um, you know Brits on there and that sort of thing but he was on there for his first I think it was his first match and um, uh, the crowds were ridiculous ridiculous and then when he was leaving the, the, this woman was crying because he'd signed her piece of paper and it, it, you know it, there is hysteria I, I don't think we've actually seen the hysteria here but 100% you go out to, to Tokyo or wherever uh, or where he lives it, it's just or where he's from even not where he lives but it's just hysteria it, it's mad he's like a pop star it's like One Direction has walked in the room but that kind of that, he has noodles named after him he has yeah. cars named after him it's in a microcosm got a lot of money as well off the back of that it's, definitely <laughs> Wimbledon for two weeks the British players are in the spotlight the focus is on yeah. you whether you're someone says oh I saw someone in the pub the night before I saw them here and, and this is really where the focus is can you imagine that spread over the whole year and, and magnified about a million percent well we we do as Brits we do live in a little bit of a different world and 
you don't have to achieve what somebody from Ukraine has to achieve to get the certain deals and to get the attention because we have a lot of money in the sport in this country and, and a lot of interest in sports stars. Um, and I think we've seen that with some of, of our players um, over, over the years. And uh, it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a bit of luck, I suppose, as to where you're from. I mean, Nishikori, I, I just, the thing is, is uh, I, I do really feel for him because it's just crazy. And as I say, I mean, we've, I've probably tasted 1% of what he goes through in terms of being in Britain. Because, you know, like, even just the level of press that goes after losing a match is so disproportionate to what you've done and yeah. what you've achieved and, and what your ranking is. And, you know, you say one thing and, you know... Um, you know, you go home on the tube and something silly you've said is in the metro and you just you think, what on <laughs> earth is going on? Um, but I, it's absolutely bonkers. It's completely bonkers. Naomi Osaka's going to experience it. I'm not sure how she's going to fare with it all because, you know, she she looks pretty terrified at, at the prospect. I think she could absolutely nail it, um, but it's going to be very difficult for her to try and find her way and, and navigate things. But <laughs> Kay is just such a superstar. I mean, there's always been the uh, infamous facts about the money he was getting from from his sponsor Uniqlo in comparison to Novak Djokovic when he was with Uniqlo it. Oh, it was ridiculous and Djokovic number one in the world and uh, and this is where you know we, we're not going to go into this today I don't want to go into this today because I do have somewhere to be but when people talk about the equal prize money and marketability factor of well you know, men are more marketable. It's be a long podcast. Well, I tell you, no, no, we're not going into it. We're not going into it. But one of the points I always make is, well, then Nishikori should get more money from anyone than, than anyone just for turning up and reaching the quarterfinals. I've seen people from Wow Wow TV, the Japanese TV station. They are excited. I've seen them cry <laughs> yeah. when he's lost a match. And I understand that they're, they're following him. They believe in him. I've never seen a British journalist cry when Andy's <laughs> lost. They I've cried when he won. People from Wow Wow TV, just, just inconsolable. Because they, he is, he's their hope, and you have to think. I was thinking about Nishikori, and he doesn't look that happy, and then the body tends to let him down. But surely for him now, whether he wants to or not, it's about the Olympics in Japan because he is going to be such a figurehead of the. He he can't be thinking of putting down the racket for the Olympics because he is going to be such a global face of those Olympics. It, 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 and trying to give it some sort of context, it will it. It will literally be like a David Beckham or Usain Bolt at other Olympics. He will be the standout superstar out there, like easily, easily. He will be the face of the whole thing. God, I hope he's fit. <laughs> Can imagine if he's injured. I think they just have to wrap him up in cotton wool yeah. a good few months before because he is—he's going to be absolutely everywhere. He's already started to be everywhere building it's I just I just it's weird whenever I watch Kane Shakuri play and there's always the conversations about the injuries and, and the body and this year he's coming back from the wrist problems but I always wonder when I see him not looking very happy and maybe he's jumping for joy inside has it got anything to do with this weight that follows him around it's got to it's got to it, I mean you can just see it you can see it on his face you can see it on his shoulders um it's just it's very it, it's just very, very hard. They're, they're very enthusiastic, though. They really do want him to do well. They, they don't want to cut him down. You know, they're not necessarily negative. They're not, you know, having a go at him all the time. But they are definitely just so over the top with the whole thing. Now, I was thinking the other day, as I was watching a match, and at the end of the match, you have the traditional moment where you have a racket bag, a big, big racket bag, 
that really fits over the back and the shoulders that probably has two rackets in because I then saw four towels being placed. They just stuffed towel after towel into the bag. Is Nishikori? Zipped and it's not Nishikori. Oh, okay. It was, I, I can't remember, it's one of the outside I was say, if he wants a towel, he can just I get a towel. I think it's someone who might be <laughs> not expecting to go too much further in. I think I was watching Mixed Doubles, the towels all went oh, right. okay. And yeah. I thought, have you got your towel yet? No, I haven't got my towel yet. Do you know the most annoying thing with mixed? Because obviously the women's towels and the men's towels are different. Uh, women's are far more interesting in my opinion. But, you know, <laughs> they're different, right? And so when you play mixed, what you try and do is you swap the towels over. So I'll take a men's and my partner will take the women's. Right. And so when the ball kids swipe them, it's quite disappointing because you don't really get many other, especially if you've lost, you don't have any other opportunities to pick up to, to get, the, they, the opposite They don't leave towel. them lying around the changing rooms, it's only on court. No, 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 no they're, not, they're not lying around anywhere. They are, they are gold dust in this place. And, and I'm, I'm worried that your free towel, which it is the, the gift. Who year. do you think would have swiped it? Well, I just think anyone <laughs> that could have got their mitts on it. I, I went there into no one of the babies. radio rooms. It's got, it's got a label on it, hasn't it? No, it has. Oh, no, 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 no. It's it's a first come, first serve towel, basically. Oh, okay, it's gone then. There were massive boxes. And I've now, I went into a radio room and some people are so worried their towel will go. Their name has been put on a piece of paper in huge letters and sellotaped the towel to make sure nobody takes that towel. Mm. So I'm worried that. Ah, you're, you're that's working. why there were names on there. Okay, so I should have done that. Yes. It's just, it's, it's a very busy. You know what it's like? This is, uh, I, I, I'm wearing shoes. These shoes were new at the beginning. Glad you're wearing shoes. <laughs> I'm wearing flat shoes. I'm wearing shoes that I can run around the place. I've done you sprints look and laps of, of Wimbledon. As smart as you did in week one. Oh. <laughs> there was, it's the fatigue. There was, there was a dress every day yes, and a little bit of a I heel. Now we've got flat shoes and Christmas jumpers. There's no so what's heels. happened? The, the Christmas jumper, you know, it's got a bit colder. That's what it is. I don't own many smart clothes that were built for 30 degree heat. Right. So I basically just had a couple of, uh, two or three dresses and some skirts I had to go through. But now it's dropped to, you know, kind of, you know, 22-ish. You know, I can whack some trousers on. They're still very smart trousers. They are brand new. It's the Christmas jumper. Bankers. They're black. They are smart. The Christmas jumper is, is only for, Christmas is only jumper. for you. And it's I, I an actually, of, I actually have Sven. a smarter top with oh, me <gasps> to wear. I thought you were about to say I've actually got you a Christmas jumper. Yeah, uh, no. In I July, I have a great Christmas jumper at home. Actually, it's um, when we get to. I'll bring it to the O2. That's the, the nearest tournament to the Christmas children jumper. in. I put them in Christmas jumpers. I did that thing you say you won't do. They had the full-on. You press the nose of a reindeer, it starts playing out jingle bells. Yeah, I did flashing that. lights. I d- yeah, oh, a hundred percent. I did mm. that. But they keep pressing, pressing. Then it they're going to hold that against you, probably, because I've got, <laughs> I've got. I've got photographic. I've got photographic evidence. Can I just say? I, I'm surprised that that Uniqlo uh, have kind of. Well, I say allowed it. Obviously, the tournament do what they want to do, but they've got Roger Federer on one at the same time as Nishikori on centre. But they, how but are they, they going to split because, themselves? Because because there'll be a fair I, few of them around. But though. I still think that even though. That is Roger Federer. Even though that is Roger Federer, it's all Nishikori. It is for, all Nishikori. For, for Uniqlo, how does his, for Asia, for the continent, that, it's all about Nishikori. How does his amount of money compare to Big Rog? I, imagine, I don't know, because the numbers that have been thrown around for Rog, are, are, I think it, they were strong seems, at first, but then I've heard that they may not be complete, entirely accurate. It seems that the... And it's a completely different deal, because Roger Federer, who, even though we don't like to say it out loud, but he is in the twilight of his career, his deal, and the reason that you read and I believe he left Nike is because Nike were offering him a deal he stops playing the deal stops whereas Uniglo said here's your what is it five ten year deal and when you stop playing we're still paying you this 
10 million or whatever a year for the clothing which do you think they'll live to regret that when he stops playing I don't think he'll still he'll he'll still pop up in the outfit won't he they'll still have the posters they'll still, do, yeah he'll do imagine a few bits the photo shoots you've got Nishikuri who can take over Asia with the photo shoots but yep. you imagine around the rest of the world I'm sure it'll be in the contract somewhere you might not be playing but look at you mentioned it's David Beckham a bit earlier. He still can promote and sell a brand despite having not kicked a football in years. Yeah, no, that, that's true. It's interesting though because like literally no other players wear Uniqlo. Can you? I can't think of one. No, no but Djokovic did. He went from to Lacoste. Yes, apart from Djokovic, briefly. Is it but about maybe a year or something? They, they probably again they, they probably don't need more people to wear it because Nishikuri has sewn up a whole continent plus a bit more, and they've put a lot of eggs in the Nishikuri basket. Yes. And then when you add Roger Federer, and they're not really a a sportswear giant. Now, can I can I say something controversial? Nishikori looks better in the Uniqlo headband than Roger Federer. I think he looks think, awesome. And all of the fans well wear the headband, together. don't they? The size. Nishikori wears a headband very well. He, just, he does it well. And I really liked his French Suits Open him. clay court season outfit when he had the brown shorts he and oh, he had the white yeah. top with sort of red and brown and orange on it. it there, there, there was a lot going on, but it really worked. Okay. He looked really... It was a really together... When mm. we talk about sponsorship, when you were playing, mm. was there sponsorship? I and did if not have a deal to write for. Okay, But how was sponsorship? How was that? If you had it, how was it worked out? How, how does it get put together? How does it come about? Do, do you go to someone? Does someone come to you? What, what happens? Yeah, you, um, most of the time you get approached by people. If you have an agent, then they can go and, go and hunt out better deals. So, did you have an agent, or did I you? I did have an agent, and I tell you what, he's awesome. Excellent. Love. Lawrence Frankpan. Big shout out to Franks. He's awesome. He is uh, Stan Wawrinka's agent. Kyle uh, Edmund's agent. Kyle Edmund, Donna Vekic, Maria Sakari. Now, Starwing Sports is his thing. He's, he's awesome. He was really, really good. Yeah, so normally they kind of tell you what's what and what to do because you're a teenager and you have no idea what anything is or how anything works. Did you say, I like this and I would like this? Or was it just a case of, I've got you this and you'll have this? Oh no no no! It never works like that. Um, I don't. I don't think agents are ever ever unless you have a very very long term relationship with them and you've been working for years and years. It is more kind of you know here are some options. What are we thinking? I see you wearing Nike or Uniqlo or whatever. Because if you do that, then that would open up doors for X and Y and Z and that sort of thing. And then when I was working at the French Open this year we were working for the FFT and working on their TV channel so with Lacoste being a big sponsor of the tournament they sent us to the Lacoste showroom in Paris yes to get I saw your dress outfits which was they went in and said you can pick five or six items and you're like oh wow but it was also where all the players went it might be their sort of one visit a year to Lacoste headquarters in Paris oh right yeah. and they could oh it's so much fun and they say to you I did that I did that so with tell my, me, sorry, yeah, tell sorry me. No, I, no, I want to know about your experience because I did that in um, so my sponsor was Adidas and I did that in Oxford Streets in London so what happened Is it was it the main store or was it a showroom or it was the main store was it closed? and it was, it was closed oh. so you either you know, do it at the end of the day or you do it first thing in the morning it's amazing there was me and uh, an athlete called Denise Lewis she was uh, she was there as well doing it and uh, she'd done it before. She's uh, she's won a couple. She's won a couple of gold medals. She won one gold medal. I don't know. She's she's very good. So what and, what did um, they say to you? Just is it like supermarket sweep? Did they, they just literally, say go? He literally said that word. He said, "Have you seen supermarket sweep?" And I said, "I have." Awesome program. And he was like, "Give it a go." 
And it literally is like you've got, what, you what got an your, hour. What were your barriers? What were your... Nothing. Got an hour. So, I picked up like swimming costumes. So anything, and... you could have anything. Yeah. But did you feel bad? I mean, what did you go big? Well, I was really glad that I brought my coach with me. He didn't take anything for himself, but just because, we, you know, the big hold-all suitcase bags, they gave us four of those. And four. basically four of those kind of jam-packed, yeah. And I, getting them home on the tube, we hadn't really thought it Shoes? through. Because I thought they have... were going to ask me to come pick up like some match kit or a few bits and pieces yeah. for training and uh, he was like take as much as you physically can so if there's anything I like I, I, I like I took, took were there shoes as well it. you could take shoes or um, I think I took shoes yeah but I think they basically I think they said maybe like you can just take a couple of pairs I took some runners and some casual shoes and stuff I only got the chance to do it once, but most players will do it every year. This isn't because I saw in in the Lacoste it was Pablo so Pablo Andahar and Pablo Andahar this year. It's been such a wonderful story. He won the Marrakesh title. He'd, he'd started the year down in the thousands because of injury. He's had such a torrid time. He beat Kyle Edmund in the final, linking it all back to your agent in common. And and he was there with his his little baby who was um, getting about eighteen months and his partner. And the baby was sort of scurrying around the floor. Christine McHale was there as well. And he was just trying on lots of outfits. And once he'd secured all his outfits, not necessarily for the tennis court, because Lacoste, lovely casual wear range, then his partner got involved and she was trying on stuff and dresses. The baby mm-hmm. was had a little look in too. Yeah. And they left with the most enormous amount of bags. I spoke to the sales assistant and she said, it's a really busy time because it's Roland Garros and it might be the one time in the year they get to come in. And they also said, together with your five or six free pieces, um, you can also buy things at a 50% discount, but even at the 50% discount, I couldn't get anywhere near it because it, it was the showroom and it was starting big. But it was, it was, and I was there with Nick McCarvel. Oh, we lovely. Too earlier. So Nick and I, he was very straightforward. He's a man. He had polo shirts. Uh, he had a couple of jumpers, three polo shirts, and he, he was done. Me, he loves a, a polo shirt. It was just a little bit trickier. But the, the lady was lovely, and it was just my little tiny glimpse into your world. And it it's was awesome. Incredible. Yeah, so you have so you have that, and then you have so at each of the slams they have drop-offs for the next season. So um, is that a house that's local, and you go to it and pick your yeah, stuff up? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So you, we walk when I walk from Wimbledon Station, we walk past the Yonex house. Yes, um, I've seen that. Yeah. So so I would always be going to the Babalat house and the. Uh, Adidas House, they were my sponsors at the time. And um, yeah, and you'd, you'd turn up and you'd say, you know, can I have some rackets? And they say, how many do you want? And depending on your standing, <laughs> it, it's all ranking based in terms of how much priority you have. So I did not have much priority. Um, but if you're on the international contracts, below that, there's a tier where you can be on the, the national contracts. So, for example, a lot of the juniors will be on a British Babalat contract, for example, and they deal with the British agent and they get it's a slightly different deal. But if you're on the international contract, you basically kind of get free reign. Um, and then so each slam, they do a drop off. So at Roland Garros, you will pick up how does it work so you will pick up your clothes for the next block and it it changes at each slam this is amazing yeah I mean so you get a big so a big hold all full of stuff so you get to go try it on and because obviously they have a few ranges they have like a dress range a top and skirt range maybe two of those they have some shorts some training kit do you veer towards top and skirt or dress Uh, always top and skirt always and uh, dresses just didn't I always really wanted to like the dresses and I just I just felt a little bit I just wanted my thing uh, you don't want to be on court and be uncomfortable, do you? No, 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 no. People no, looking at you and stuff. So, um, yeah, and then so you'll pick up, you'll go to the house, you'll pick up your stuff. So it, it's slightly different because Roland Garros and women are so close together. Um, so at Roland Garros, you get you'll get your big bag of stuff, which it takes you through to the beginning of Wimbledon. You won't get your whites. 
but you'll get your stuff for the grass court season obviously you don't need to wear whites so it's fine uh, and then normally you'll come to Wimbledon and pick up the whites because it's you know they have to follow very strict rules and sometimes it's just it, it's just easier and then you get to Wimbledon before the tournament starts you go pick up your bag but then at Wimbledon you will also pick up your bag which will give you your run for US Open series through to the US Open and then US Open you pick up your kit for the rest of the year so you basically get your four changes a year and they sometimes it depends on the manufacturer and whatever but they'll send you stuff in the off season as well it's pretty fun it's incredible I remember speaking to Andrea Hlavatschikova Sestini and Sestini Hlavatschikova but whatever it's fine the married but name, that is important the, the married name is Sestini she, um, she was speaking about all the outfits that she has and I said well I love Andrea well, well what do you do if, if maybe you've been injured or haven't had the best of runs you haven't used up all these outfits and then suddenly you get a bag with new outfits and she said she has a charity in the Czech Republic and it's a children's charity and she makes money for that so she'll give the clothes away so she said that they're brand new mm-hmm. they're still in the plastic they've still got labels on I would just give so many of those bagfuls and bagfuls of those to be given to charity or just to people to use them that need them and mm-hmm. she said I have so many she said I'll, I'll keep a few of my favourite have you kept any favourite outfits? No not really I'm not a keeper I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm a real not. kind of I do a cull and if I haven't worn something for 12 months it's gone I, I'm, oh, I'm a minimalist so this this <laughs> I've worn it twice this, in a week this, this Christmas jumper it's is going to stay for a while because I've worn it twice in a week and also in a week where the weather has not been appropriate for a Christmas jumper it's now it's now hot <laughs> that's how much I like through. it that's how much I like it and yeah I'm, I'm a bit hot see, now see I, I am a we're going to have to wrap this up so that I can uh, <laughs> go Take change jumper up. <laughs> I, uh, I am a keeper so much so that I've got so much stuff that piles up in the bedroom to the point where a pigeon last night flew down the chimney wait oh. what fell down the chimney it landed at the bottom of it came into your house yeah because it came down the chimney which lands comes into a house <laughs> chimney okay you know a chimney I understand the bottom of the chimney you've got I've a fire I've never heard of that before okay, you've got fine. a fireplace right, so the pigeons in your house but I've got so much stuff because I'm I'm like a magpie I'm a hoarder that there was just this big pile in front of the fireplace so we could see fluttering and feathers but we couldn't get it out and we didn't know what to do and it was stuck in the bedroom so I had to sleep <gasps> somewhere else can I just say in pigeon related news sorry you can finish is there any more to that story or is that as dramatic as it got well, people might want to know if we got the pigeon out okay, the pigeon you got the still pigeon. there sorry. we called a gentleman from, from pest control he came in he was ready to do some big demolition of the fireplace job and he'd brought like kit and equipment he went oh it's there it's a pigeon I said yes it took him ooh, 25 seconds to remove the pigeon and he looked at me and went you could have done that. He said it with a smile. He said, you could have done that. I thought, Probably could have just wasn't going grabbed the pigeon. it. No? I wasn't 100% sure what was behind there. It was just lots of fluttering, a few feathers. It's my uh, okay. pigeon story. No, I have also have a pigeon story. Do you? I've just remembered. Okay. So I hosted the British, the LTA British Tennis Ball. You're never going to read How did it go? You're now going to think I'm making this I up? I am. <laughs> I think that a lot. <laughs> like the cat, like the cat thing. <laughs> I need to get somebody to, I to think back that it up. A lot. Okay. You know Katie O'Brien? Do yes. you know Katie O'Brien? Okay. Not personally, but I know she is. Oh, man. You need to know. Who is there that you can speak to and confirm? I have to find somebody to confirm this right. because this is genuinely true. So before we kicked off the ball, I was doing my sound checks. I was hosting it. LTA British Tennis Ball, you know, there's about go? 450 good. people there. I smashed it, obviously. You smashed, of course. No, it was great. It was, <laughs> it was really good fun, actually. And uh, anyway, um, to be, before people started coming in, everybody was kind of clapping and flapping around. Anyway, there were pigeons inside, <laughs> inside the ballroom. Really? And they were kind of up on the roof. And basically, I was told before doing my speech, like, you need to mention the pigeons because they're above people with tables. And what if they... It's exactly. What if anything happens? You need to kind of say that it's there. So I totally forgot. I don't do notes or anything when I speak, so I just kind of was rambling on, totally forgot. And then about halfway through the evening, 
I was back up on stage saying some stuff and uh, and the pigeon tried to fly. No one had noticed. It tried to fly and these feathers came down onto one of the tables at the ball. And uh, in hindsight, I should have made some sort of witty comment, but I wasn't prepared for it. Well, you know, you said you I went just back up it. on stage. Were you meant to go up and did you just oh, yeah. chanting again? No, no, I had to do lots of different bits. You know, did it go well? It went really well. It was really good, actually. It was, it was a really nice event. Nice to chat to people. It's a very late event because people are at the tennis all day. So speeches start at 11.30pm. Oh, wow. And awards, yeah. And Food no, was from 10.30. And, and no... Really? Yeah, it's quite late. And no one was interrupted by a pigeon doing a pigeon thing they were interrupted by by the pigeon but the feathers came down but only those kind there of three been, tables because the thing was huge there could have been a lot worse than feathers coming down from the pigeon could have been but um, I think we got away with it because only the three tables noticed and then nobody else knew what was going on so I thought well we just gloss over it so we both had a pigeon story I feel that this episode of Tennis has been a lot more about the ish and not an awful lot about the tennis what we would like to do and you can find us both on twitter you what do you what's your twitter is it straightforward at naomi cavaday it's very straightforward i'm at gigi underscore salmon and we would like you to get in touch with us it, it might be <laughs> it might be a pigeon story or if there's something you'd like to ask naomi because we're going to have coaching corner that's going to come up yeah. so people can get in touch on social media and Weirdly, I got a tweet last night from my old gym teacher from when I was 16. Okay. She said, I, oh, She's, tweet? Yeah, she okay. said, She said I heard you commentating. Yeah. That's nice. She went, congratulations, Terry. And in brackets, she put Miss Whitmore, because, you know, teachers are always known as... so weird. It's just calling weird. them by their normal yeah, names. I couldn't call it. First names. I, I'm going to reply to her and say, thank you, Miss Whitmore. I can't call it's her by her first name. It's so weird. Because she was never... My, my, um, one of my best friend's mother went on to be deputy head of the school... And her name was Catherine, uh-huh. as a person, but her full name was Mrs. Dyer. So I called her Mrs. Dyer at school, and I'd go round to Susie's house and have dinner. And I'd call her Mrs. Dyer, and she'd say, it's Catherine. I was like, it's I know, Mrs. but Dyer. it's not. I can't. It's no, it, I know, even now, I've stayed with uh, an old teacher of mine who's out in Ottawa when I was playing a tournament out there. Her name is Cheryl. And I just, I just can't. It, it, it's, just, it's just great. And she's great. I'm really good friends with her now. I keep in touch. She, she sent me a message last night. Like, I keep in touch with her all the time. She's amazing. She's been a big influence on my life and on my tennis. She was my uh, house mistress at school. I went to boarding school and English teacher. And I just can't. Yeah, I, I'm, can't, I'm, can't. I just, it's really difficult. Oh, and have, I wrote it in the message. I wrote Cheryl, but saying it is. It, it feels. Bizarre. It feels wrong. Yeah. And have you seen your imaginary line judge friend? I have actually. I've seen Kath. I haven't seen her husband Rob though. But Kath is, Kath is about doing a fine job. I actually ran into her. Well, I didn't run into her. I saw her. I didn't say anything It's difficult to running into an imaginary friend. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to get on to Kath in a little time because I've got to go and do... I've got to go and commentate on a match. You've got to commentate on a match. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us on social media. And that has been Tennis, Naomi Cavaday, Gigi Sound. We look forward to your company another time. 